Hello and welcome to Teal Tinted Glasses. Tonight we are going to talk about what animal we are. We're going to talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins. We might also discuss if the franchise is ruined because we didn't sign a seventh round pick. All that more right after this. But first, as you know, if you want to join us, you can talk to us in the chat. You can tweet at us. You can Facebook us. You can do everything. And you can also find this on TealTownUSA.com after the fact. But right now, it is me. It is Kevin Lacey. It is Mr. Hockey Jerk. And guys, when we started this show, I didn't ask you guys an, a very, very important question. Okay, I need okay. to know what animal you are, because I mean this this show might be over as quickly as it starts. Um, <laughs> so I've got my notepad here. Um, you guys can tell me what animal you are. I'm gonna make some notes, and we'll see if we can continue the podcast. Who wants to go first? I'll let Jerk go. go. Okay. Well, okay. Well, uh, you know, th you know th thank you for, thank having, you for having, me having me here today. Here today you know, it's, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's an honor, so it's an honor to, be to be able to sit down, sit down with somebody, somebody like yourself. If I had to, if I had if I had to describe myself as an animal, I would say an elephant. An elephant. An elephant. Very interesting. Okay, elephant. Why elephant? Well, I I, well, I think I, for, I the, think for the, the obvious the obvious uh, uh, you know comparison comparison comparisons stature. and stature. Okay. Um. Um. But, but also the the, uh, uh, the way the way that they're, that they're very, very calm and, and methodical, methodical when, okay. it when it comes to most things. things but, but at the same, at the same time, time, they also, they also have, have the ability to, to kind of ramp, ramp up the energy, up the energy and, and be a little, be a little more. more I don't know if I, I want to say, aggressive, say aggressive, aggressive, but, but you know, be, you know a little, be a little more assertive. More assertive when I think that perfectly describes me. Describes me. Interesting. All right, we're getting some echo here. I'm not sure um, why that's happening. Um, I will look into it. Um, Mr. Kevin Lacey, uh, I think you're on the team. I I I, I accept that answer. Uh, Kevin, uh, go ahead. All right. All right. Well, Mr. Reed as. As Hockey Jerk mentioned, it is great being on such a distinguished show such as Tilt Into Glasses, and I'm happy to be on with you. Which side is Jerk on from me here? Is he on the left, he on or, the the left right? or the right? Uh, he would be to your left. I think you guys right. are both coming through. Am I looking the right through. way? Yeah, I think you guys are both coming through on Skype for some reason. I'm not sure what's going on here. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah, it's great being on the show with you, Ian. Anyway, <laughs> no, but uh, so my animal, um, well, I think at the moment uh, I should pick a unicorn because I am being blinded with sunlight and it's coming through very apparently on the the feed right now. So uh, a unicorn for all the all the light and craziness going on. I mean, I, if you really want me to do this now, you really can't see me here. <laughs> so I am a fictitious a fictitious being, so I'm a unicorn. What I was going to say was I was actually asked this question a long, long time ago for a job interview. Um, it was kind of like a like a group thing, and then they picked the ones with the best answers. And I remember most 
people were like, I pay, I would be a dog because I'm friendly and likable. And I walked in there and I said, I'd be a wolf because I go in for the kill. There you go. So See? that's my answer right there. Still to this day, Boom. I would be a well, wolf. Well, then you are now. definitely on the podcast. So, so, so for me, <laughs> so for me, Dirk, can you talk just for a second? Let's make sure that you can still talk. Yeah, I really quick. I noticed in the chat, uh, there's a bit of a bit few surprised uh, listeners here. I think they thought you were going to say that you were most like a turtle, Kevin, for the turtleneck. Wow, wow! Because because they've seen how I play hockey and it's slow and methodical. <laughs> Chat, let me know if everything's cool now, and I'm going to give my answer, and I'll see if you guys can still do the podcast with me. So for me, I would say at one point probably a honey badger. Because I just pick all the fights. doesn't matter. Good fight, bad fight, doesn't matter. I pick all the fights and fight to the death. Now I'm more like a sloth. I just, I'm just always hanging around, right? Like, you want to do a 40-minute show about Alex Daylock resigning? Yeah, sure, puck guy. I'm here. I, I, I got it. I'm just hanging around. Just always ready to go. <laughs> so I think, yeah, that's, that's what happened. I think we went from, I went from honey badger to sloth. And that's, I don't know if that allows you guys to still do the pod with me, but... Uh, I hope so. I don't know. I think it was a very honest answer. Yeah, uh, I, I think there would be some debate as to whether or not that is positive growth, but it's definitely growth, I think. <laughs> Debatable on which direction, but, you know. <laughs> All right. Um According to Felix Chow, it is good now. And I look at him, put this thing up on the screen. Look at all this cool stuff we can do now. All right. Um, before we get into the Pittsburgh Penguins, um, before we get into like the, the bulk of the show, I'm just going to give everyone kind of a rundown. Because I think Teal Cine Glass is like, whatever we do, it changes all the time. Like, we always change it up every summer. And this summer is no different. So our goal this summer is to do probably ideally more shows, but not as long. So instead of like me writing a hundred million different topics onto a sheet and being like, Hey guys, this is the rundown. Uh, and then us being on for like two and a half hours, I'd like to do, we'd like to do less long shows, but like more condensed shows. So we're, cause I, cause what happened last year is a lot of times was we'd have like some really interesting meaty topics, but we were like, Holy shit, we've already been here for two hours and we still got this to talk about. When our podcasts are longer than the Sharks games, that's a problem. Correct. So the goal this time is to kind of just pick, like, we might, like, hit some news and notes. And obviously, you guys in the chat, um, we're always going to answer your questions and feedback. So we're definitely going to park some time at the end for answering any questions that you might have. But we're going to try and do, like, just one topic, bang it out, maybe, like, some quick Sharks news of the day. Um, obviously, look at, are we going to talk about other teams all summer? No. I mean, once the Sharks actually do something worth talking about, we're going to do it. But. Liked to have named a brand new GM here tonight for you and had some really great <laughs> breaking news. But uh... Right, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, like, when Shark stuff happens, like, obviously we're going to cover it. So don't worry if you're, like, if you're not, you know, if you've joined the, 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 the Teal Town family in the last year and you're like, I don't know what Teal Tinted Glasses is. Well, it, no one knows. I don't know. These guys don't know. It just, it changes every summer. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy uh, what we've prepared and hope that you guys are uh, excited going forward. But before we get super uh, into the Pittsburgh Penguins, we did have a little tiny bit of Sharks news. Um, the Sharks walked away from prospect uh, Linus Olberg. 
Uh, seven round pick in 2020, which I think is going to be a hell of a draft class otherwise. Um, Kevin, why is the franchise ruined? <laughs> you know, my thoughts on Linus Uberg are pretty similar to the how they were the day of the draft. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> now, granted, at the last prospects development camp that Uberg was participating in, he actually had some pretty good flashes of speed and creativity, especially um, when being outnumbered. Uh, he was not shy about jumping into the middle, which is something that I feel the Sharks definitely need more of. And hopefully they can address that with a higher round pick here in the upcoming draft than a former seventh who uh, I don't know if it's a situation of he just wants to continue his career over in Sweden. He had a great year in the SHL, but maybe he sees brighter things over with, with another NHL club. The only thing is that for me, guys, and I know we're going to discuss this a lot here over the summer, is the Sharks need more scoring depth. Yeah. And so, for you know, the opportunity is there. Um, and for Uber to not be willing to take that opportunity says to me that he's one of a dime a dozen Swedish European players who just he got drafted and he's content playing in his native country and that's fine is that what this but is? i don't think this ruins the franchise is, is that what this is though is this is you think this is more of a case of the of him just probably not wanting to come rather than the sharks not being happy with what they drafted absolutely because uh what do you, i think he had 17 goals in the swedish league uh, so that's well above the pace of a typical seventh round pick in an nhl draft uh so i and the Sharks knew what they were getting when they drafted him, too, because he had that hot start there since it was the late draft a couple of years ago. He had that hot start getting significant playing time for his Swedish club. And so that they identified him as a goal scorer from the start. And he has been scoring goals in the SHL, especially in the second half, because I think if I recall, his first half scoring wasn't all that great. But it, when you look at his end season stats, they're they're. Very favorable, again, for a late-round pick. But uh, this is definitely not going to break the franchise. We've got more prospects coming in. And I, it, to try and make those who are upset about this, because there actually are folks who are upset about Uber not signing with this team, I say we already got a player from the Swedish League for free. Yeah plus contract terms, of course. And his name is Strauss Mann. Obviously, not the same position. He's a goaltender. We need those two desperately. We definitely <laughs> do. So, oh no, we lost our seventh round pick to free agency or potentially a redraft. Um, but we gained one with much more necessity, I guess, uh, for this organization. So I'm fine with it. Well, and I and I think, you know, you, I think you made a good point, you know, talking about how there is opportunity on the Sharks, especially as a scorer to come in and to to make an impact and hopefully stick around. And so immediately what comes to my mind is you see, as you said, you know, he's a pretty uh, a pretty good goal scorer playing over in Sweden. It's just makes you think maybe 
maybe he looks at the Sharks and says, yeah, there's opportunity, but there's a bunch of guys ahead of me. And we've seen pretty much since the Sharks have been a bad team the last three years where, you know, there's a handful of guys that we've wanted to see more from and we've been interested in seeing. But it's like, no, we have to give this other potential depth forward a look first. And if I was a prospect in Sweden, I don't know that I would want to sign up for that. I think I would take my chances in a redraft or, you know, I would just sign with who I wanted when I felt good and ready uh, to leave to leave Sweden. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything that you guys said. I think if you look at how many players are jumping into the system this summer or, or this fall, rather, like even the Barracuda, like yeah. you're going to be fighting for, for ice time on the Barracuda too. So I could definitely understand if, if you're happy where you are, um, not wanting to come over and, you know, are you are you a third line player on the Barracuda? Are you an every night player on the Barracuda at that point where... I think with how he played in Sweden, he probably has a better chance of being an every night player um, in the Swedish Elite League, which I mean is and it is still a very good league. Don't get me wrong, and I don't want to like make like I'm scoffing at that because I I hold the Swedish Elite League in very high regard. Absolutely. Plus, Urubro, which is the team he plays for, was a top team in the Swedish League each of the last two seasons. So um, he's getting quality time playing for a top team in his home home country so to to me i don't know if we ever see uber come over or maybe it's a situation i mean carl soderberg Mm -hmm. for example player who was drafted by boston a long long time i think it was boston maybe no 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 no, st St. louis Louis, i think a long time ago um but he didn't come over till he was like 26 27 years old and and that's when boston acquired him so for him, maybe he has an NHL de- future down the road. Maybe he does get redrafted. Maybe the Sharks redraft him. I mean, it's it's possible. Stranger things have happened. Um, yeah, but I mean, him being 21 years old already, he is technically eligible to be drafted, redrafted, but these things rarely ever happen. Um, I just say best of luck in your future endeavors. All right, that sounds good. All right, so now let's get to the the, the main topic at hand, uh, and that would be what is next for the Pittsburgh Penguins? Because I think like when I look at teams and just like who are just set up for fascinating off seasons, I mean Pittsburgh's definitely high on that list. I think there's some other teams too that have some really fascinating decisions to make, um, where I don't know if they're gonna be if they're gonna look the same next year. Um, so. It, uh, you know, so we we had to t- decide which team to talk about, and Jerk kind of held us both at gunpoint. I'm sorry, I didn't you out, <laughs> Jerk. Uh, and he said, no, we're doing Pittsburgh. And we were like, okay, yeah, like, just, you know, calm down, Jerk. It's fine. We'll do Pittsburgh. It's cool. You know, I, uh, allegedly my favorite team. Never been proven in a court <laughs> yeah. of law. But... Yeah, and uh, obviously, look at, uh, I mean, obviously looking, uh, before we go, I just want to thank everyone for, for, you know, joining us right now. I know that it's not yeah. going to do... Uh, amazing numbers like Pittsburgh. What the fuck? Teal Town USA. What, what's wrong with you guys? But we're Teal Tinted Glasses. We do whatever the hell we want. So let me uh, give you a rundown <laughs> of the uh, what the Pittsburgh Penguins are looking at heading into this uh, free agency period. Um, they're pending UFAs. Some pretty big names here. Um, the biggest one, obviously, would probably be Evgeny Malkin. Uh, 35 years old, just coming off a $9.5 million deal. 
Uh, center left wing, uh, Brian Boyle, 37, also on basically league minimum, 750K. I'm sure if he wants to stick around, he probably stays on that. Um, Ricard Raquel, uh, obviously acquired from Anaheim, 29, uh, coming off a $3.789 million contract. Uh, Evan Rodriguez, $28 million. Uh, the other big name, obviously, is Chris Letang. Uh, $7.25 million uh, contract he's coming off of, also 35 years old. Um, Nathan uh, Bullio, left uh, defense, right defense, uh, 29 years old, $2.4 million. Uh, Casey DeSmith, uh, 30 years old, $1.25 million. And Louis Deming, also 30 years old, coming off contract where he was making $750K. Um, obviously, when you look at those lists, obviously there's two big ones that stand out. I mean, guys that have been there through all the good and all the bad and, um, Evgeny Melkin, I mean, Evgeny Melkin still got it. Um, you know, Evgeny Melkin played only 41 games this year. So obviously injuries are a little bit of a concern with Melkin, but still 20 goals, 22 assists, 42 points, 35. It's pretty good to me. I think with I think with Malkin it's it's going to be up to him, right? I don't think you'll hear I don't think you'll hear Pittsburgh say, "Oh, we're ready to move on and 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 look forward." You know, mm-hmm. I I think as much as as much as a lot of people were concerned with the uh, the lowball offer or the alleged lowball offer that came out a few weeks yeah, ago, yeah, tell us tell us I, um, just for the just for the class, uh, what was the um, that lowball offer that is alleged? Yeah, I. I Yes, the the alleged lowball offer. It was it was a three year deal for for Malkin and Latang, which I think on that side of things, I th- I, I kind of think that's fine because that's that's around where uh, where Crosby's deal is. I be- believe Crosby's got three years left, so maybe it makes sense for them to have everybody expire at the same time. But I I want to say it was what it was. Five million years, seven million years, somewhere in that neighborhood, mm-hmm. and I do think, truthfully, I, I, I think somewhere closer to seven, eight million is probably where they want Malkin to end up. I mean, he, as you said, he played well this year. He played; he was a very effective role for them. He's still a really good player. I would argue he's still an elite player, but it's just the nature of the beast, you know, you get older and you start to get to the end of your career. You need to make room for other guys. And it, it makes sense that you would see a little bit of a discount, but like I said, I think it's up to him. I think he's going to say, yes, I'm staying. This is what I want. And it's going to happen. Or I think he's saying, no, I'm going and Pittsburgh will have to figure it out. I don't think you'll see Pittsburgh walk away from him. I think this is a matter of Evgeny Malkin deciding whether he wants that big payday, that one last big payday at 35 years old, or whether he's happy uh, in the situation that he's been in. You look at Brian Rust re-signing a couple of weeks ago for a little over $5 million, which I think is an absolute bargain for Pittsburgh. And that contract right there gives the Penguins the room to be able to re-sign Evgeny Malkin, even if it's for a little bit more than what they hope it to be. I'm with you, Jerk. I think it should be somewhere in the 8 to $9 million ballpark. Um, you look at Sidney Crosby's contract, he's still up for another three years at eight, 8.7, which for what Crosby gives him is fantastic. A, a 
fantastic deal. And when Crosby's deal does come to expire in three years, he's going to be 37 years old. So he's probably not going to be commanding any more than what he's currently making. I can't imagine. Who knows? Joe Pavelski is uh, that exception, I think, there. But um, and there's your Joe Pavelski reference, everybody. (laughs) We had to get one in, right? Um, But yeah, I think of getting to Malkin, it it really does come to um, whether he wants to get paid. And the other thing is that he does have that injury history. So he probably would get paid by bunch of other teams out there but at the same time you're probably going to see a few teams who are doing the buyer beware situation because of Malkin's history and uh, injury history he only played what 40 41 games I think this season but a point per game player those don't fall off trees fall from trees you know what I mean (laughs) yeah I mean for me like the the thing with Malkin right is like I think he's I think that what I would be more concerned with is a team that would if if he decides to to, to try free agency, and, I, and I'm not convinced he does, but if he does, I think for me, I would be more worried about the team that brings him in as the centerpiece. Yeah. Right? I think that would be my concern. I think that would be, and again, I don't think he tests free agency, but if he did, I would be worried about a team bringing him as, as like the centerpiece of their offense. Because I think that at this point is a fool's errand. Can I jump in real quick and Absolutely. on that? Look at the Edmonton Oilers right now. Yes, they are down 3-0 in their series with Colorado because it's freaking Colorado. but And it's freaking Edmonton, too. <laughs> but look at Edmonton here with McDavid and Dreisaitl. Like they have been able to prove that if you get a couple of guys and a, a decent third player like Vander Kane when he's not being suspended, um, you can make a deep run. And... Pittsburgh's got that with Crosby. If they can bring Malkin back, there's their two-headed monster again. And then they've got Gensel right there, who was their leading scorer this season as their so-called third-best player. Yeah, Jake Gensel's the guy who doesn't, for for me, doesn't get nearly enough love because of the shadow that he unfortunately stands in. Because I think... I, I would one of the, I'd love to do like this summer at some point. We've got a lot of different show ideas, but I'd love to do a show on just guys that are just completely underrated. Now, I don't know if it's fair to call Jake Gensel underrated, but I think just because of the shadow that he has to kind of sit in with obviously Crosby Malkin being there, um, I don't mm-hmm. think Jake Gensel gets nearly enough love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree, and I and and it's because of Crosby and Malkin there, right? Where you tend you tend to overlook. Uh, the players that are there, the supporting cast, you know, like I'll be, I'll be totally honest. It had temporarily like blipped from my mind that Jason Zucker was on this team. And is that a product of his play declining? I would say, yeah, sure. Probably. But you always kind of think it's the Crosby and Malkin show. And then they sort of fill the rest of the, the deck chairs as they, uh, as the opportunities come. And I think like, with Malkin again, he's not like he has to compete with anybody, right? Like his, if he does resign, like it's it's not like he's the old guy pushing out, being pushed out, and he's gonna have to fight for it. You know, similar to when the Sharks brought back Patrick Marlowe. You know, it's that second line center position, top line power play, like it's his, right? Absolutely, and it's essentially his to give away. And so, 
I, I, I think as as with most players, you see you look at a player's age and you see it start with the number three and you get a little nervous. But I think somebody like Malkin, even though I do agree the injuries he's had has slowed him down a bit. I still think, as I said earlier, he's he's still at too high of an elite level to just say, you know, thanks, but uh, we're good. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I, I don't want to do this yeah. because like. I'm I'm not the guy that does this, but I think it's funny because when you when you look back at, at these deals, right? And I think, you know, we mentioned Joe Pavelski earlier, which I think, you know, I, I think Melkin's obviously a better player than Joe Pavelski, but yeah, but I mean, it's a, it's a similar thing, right? Where it's like you can't just just because a player gets over thirty five. Now, obviously, a lot of them do drop off, and do I expect Melkin to drop off a little bit? Probably. I mean, Father Time catches us all, but. Probably more so because the injuries than Correct. his age. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 so I mean, like with with Malkin there, like I think Malkin is the type of player where where you roll the dice and and say, yeah, I'm saying he's not going to age the way like some of these aging curves have turned out, right? Because we saw, I mean, you, you know, we brought up Patrick Marlowe earlier coming back to the strike. I mean, he was a shell of what he used to be in his last stint in San Jose, like an absolute shell. But that's not every player. Right. Um, now, what if? Okay, so let's say they sh- the Penguins do bring back Evgeny Nam- Evgeny Namalkin, <laughs> and I almost said sharks instead of penguins too. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's say they bring him back. Maybe it's for eight and a half million dollars. If the Penguins bring back Chris Letang too at maybe seven million dollars, that's only going to leave them about seven million dollars to fill all the other roster spots that they have. Yeah. So with Gensel, Rust, Crosby, etc., do you think it's an either-or thing with these guys? Do you think the Penguins can re-sign both? Because I don't. I think they have to. Like I if think they, they don't. Have to. Yeah. Like if they like if they don't get one, they might as well say goodbye to the other. Right. Because just from an optics, from an optics perspective. Right. Like it doesn't it doesn't make much sense to say, yeah, okay, we made it work with one, but not the other. When you could make an argument that they're equally as important to the franchise. I think I, I I'm kind of of the belief in this situation you get them signed to whatever whatever makes it happen. Right. And, you know, Kevin obviously pointing out that. If they do sign in those ranges that he mentioned, you know, you're looking at, you know, you're looking at maybe seven ish million dollars in cap space after it's all said and done. And so, yeah, it's obviously going to be tough to figure out. You need to get Kasperi Kapanen re-signed. I'm assuming they would want to get Danton Heinen re-signed. I mean, I don't know why uh, they wouldn't. You know, he got pretty close to a career year playing with Pittsburgh. But there's other guys as well. I mean, you know, Evan Rodriguez was a guy they took a chance on and he ended up working out very well for them, especially this year. And I think you can expect his production to dip considerably from what he did this year, but that doesn't mean he's not a useful player. And if the penguins do decide to run it back, which I think they will, you you'll, they'll need a guy like Evan Rodriguez. And so maybe that puts them in a situation where, you know, maybe they need to find somewhere else for Jason Zucker to go. Maybe they need to find somewhere else for a John Marino or a Mike Matheson to go. You know what I mean? Just 
I, I feel like the smart play here is you you do run it back. You bring Malkin back. You bring Latang back. But you know there is going to be like some work associated with it. And and as much as that work might be challenging for the Penguins to make it all happen, I still think that's where they need to go. Yeah, and, and just because Dirk brought up Heinen and Kapanen here, I'm just I'll give you the rest of the picture because I kind of gave you the start of the picture with the the unrestricted free agents. So the pending RFAs. Now both these guys do have arbitration rights. Uh, Dirk mentioned Danton Heinen, uh, winger, 26 years old, makes 1.1 million, and Kasperi Kapanen, 25, uh, makes 3.2 million. Um, they do have about two million dollars of dead cap space uh, for Jack Johnson this season. Um, that will drop off over the next three years, going down to to less than a million um so their total cap dollars um for this team right now as currently constructed is 59.291 million uh, which leaves about 23.208 million in cap space the draft this year um and we'll get into the, their prospects and stuff in a minute but just their draft picks this year to just paint the entire picture here they have their first their fourth their fifth their sixth and their seventh round pick uh entering the 2022 a draft um yeah so going back to the conversation though obviously about running it back this team uh you know um now with the whole picture we know like obviously look at i think malkin's gonna come back in it's not gonna be i don't think it's gonna be cheap right like i don't think of getting malkin signing for like i would say less than six no right i i almost wonder Granted, different situation because of the obvious records that are involved, but I almost wonder if Malkin kind of points at the Ovechkin deal mm. and says, hey, you know, we're from the same draft class, we're from the same country, we're both elite players, you know, maybe make that happen. And that's a good pull. Whether or, not, whether or not that's the right idea, I mean, who's to say, but I, I, I could certainly see it. And, and for those who don't know, that Ovechkin deal when it was signed, uh, it was a four-year deal at just over. I'm sorry, a five-year deal, just over nine million dollars, nine and a half million dollars. So, I think that would be a bit rich for Malkin, but not much lower. I don't think. Yeah, because because the, the difference is, is that Russian machine does break. <laughs> right, <laughs> and has before. and has before. including this year. <laughs> um, Chris Letang's another uh, another interesting one though, because like. I can, I know Chris Letang's good, right? But when I actually like when I looked at the numbers, like I'm not gonna lie, my jaw hit the floor a little bit. Seventy eight games played, ten goals, fifty eight assists. Now, obviously, when you have guys like Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel, and you, when you have forwards to finish, it's easy to rack up assists as a defenseman, as we know. Um, but I was still kind of, I was still kind of surprised. Sixty eight point season, uh, you know, in seventy eight games. I mean, that's nothing to sneeze at. Um, playoffs. Not the greatest playoffs for Chris Letang, I don't think. One goal, three assists, uh, four points, minus three. I mean, obviously, um, you know, plus minus, not a great stat, but I think this team defensively needs a little bit of help. I think that'd be fair to say. Pittsburgh's got kind of the any man's defense, really. Kind of like the Winnipeg Jets, except for that the Penguins defense actually led their team to the playoffs. Uh, um, <laughs> Brian Dumoulin, I think, is fantastic. I think he's a fantastic defensive mm -hmm. defenseman. Um, but he's going to be coming up on a, a contract year this next year. And as Jerk mentioned, 
Marino's contract. Marino's getting a good contract, but I think for the value he brings, it's it's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matheson had a, the best year he's had in what three three seasons, four seasons, um, but he's still making quite a bit um, for what right now is one good season with the Penguins. Marcus Pedersen, kind of the same thing. Marcus Pedersen uh, is, I think, an underrated defenseman, but I don't know if he's a four and a half million dollar defenseman. Um, or four million, sorry. Um, so that's why you get guys like Chad Ruedel and Mark Friedman, who I think are both serviceable, and uh, they're they're kind of like the the quad A defenseman, the way Lane Peterson is our quad A forward for the <laughs> yeah. Sharks. Um, but uh, Latang really is the straw straw that stirs the drink here, and this one I. I don't know about you guys. I would be more concerned about Latang's injury history, given mm-hmm. that it's mostly head yeah. injuries, sure. um, than Malkin's injury history. If I'm a team who's on the outside looking at someone to acquire, but then again, there's the draw of that right shot offensive defenseman, veteran defenseman who's won Stanley Cups and can bring in uh, leadership, in the room, baby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Chris Letang, I think, might be the more interesting free agent, at least for me. Um, And as I mentioned, if if the Penguins bring back Malkin, where does that leave Letang? But I love your point, Jerk, about sign both or sign neither. So and, and, you know, I've had a little more time to chew on it. And I, I still think it is the right play to run it back and bring them both back. But you you look at Chris Letang, you look at kind of what the numbers tell you. And I'm, I'm curious to know if you guys think this, it, it does the, and I know Kevin, you said it a couple minutes ago. Does the thought of buyer beware pop up at all? When you look at Christopher, T- Christopher Latang having a career high in points at 35. Cause I yeah. look at that and I'm like, how much better can you get at 35? It's true. That's and true. and I and and I think you could make the same argument for Malkin where okay well maybe Malkin just goes down from here and it's and it blows up on him and yeah maybe but I I think I don't know I I think in this situation I would value the elite forward over the elite defenseman and maybe try, I would honestly try and rebuild that entire blue line but I, I do wonder, even though I think it is the right play to bring Latang back, I do wonder if, like, that 68-point year he had this year, I wonder if that's as good as it gets. And then, you know, however many years he signs, two, three, four, like, Penguins fans are left wanting more from him. If the Penguins do bring back Chris Latang, though, you're right. They need to rebuild the defense. I think they need to rebuild at least half the defense anyway. But if mm-hmm. they bring back Chris Latang. They have to bring in someone to help with the load because Chris Letang played almost 26 minutes on average this season. He put up a ton of points and deserved that 26 minutes. But uh, look at what's gone on with Brent Burns here where a big defenseman versus small defenseman. But Brent Burns doesn't look like the same player when he's playing 28, 29 minutes a night than he is when he's playing 23, 24 minutes a night. I would take the 23, 24 minutes because he's older. He's, you know, uh, 
got his defensive inconsistencies. Latang, I think, is a, a better defensive defenseman than than Burns is, but still, um, I would like to see. You mentioned he's minus. He was minus three in the playoffs against some New team, York. and. <laughs> Uh, they're going to have to either give more minutes to John Marino or find someone else that's, in the market to. That's the exact point that I was going to make. I mean, you look Sorry. at like, <laughs> no, 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 no. But I'm glad you said it because you look at Marino, like look what Marino did as a rookie, 26 points yeah. in 56 games. He got some Calder votes. Uh, you know, he was playing, you know, around the same time per game that he did has played the last two years. But made an a positive impact on the team and and the two years since it's been decent i think this year was a rebound from two years ago but i feel like to me the smartest option for helping take the load off of letang would be to give some of that ice time to marino and kind of cross your fingers and say a prayer that he can build on what he did his rookie year because his rookie year i mean you know, Kevin knows he was a pretty, pretty highly talked about player in, in some social circles that we share. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I kind of feel like that's the big that's the big key, right, is, OK, say you scale Latang down from 26 to 22, 23. Can you give can you get Marino up to 23? And he's not Chris Latang, but can you get more than 25 points in a full 82 game season? So here's a couple of things I want to I want to touch on here because I think you guys make some incredibly great points. Um, I think Burns. I I wonder how many points Burns would put up if he had forwards that could finish. Same with Carlson for that matter. Like it's. I feel like that's it's been easy. The, that's been I, the problem. I, like, I think for yeah. Chris Letang, like as long as he has guys like Cindy Crosby and Jake Gensel and and Rust and you know what I mean. Like as long as those there's those guys are up there. Like I feel like his points are going to come. Yeah, and look, I mean, Evan Rodriguez and Danton mm-hmm. Heinen with career years. Great, great year for Danton Heinen to have arbitration rights. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Doesn't and, it and always work out? Part of that, that is a part. What's that? Doesn't it always work that way? Yeah, but part of that uh, is you got a guy like Latang feeding him. Obviously, the forwards as well, but um, you know that 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 just provides more evidence. Evidence that the penguins need Latang. Yeah, I want to get I want to get some comments season. in the in the chat here quick. Uh, I'm going to go yeah. out of order a little bit, so bear with me. Uh, Jim in Florida saying that you know if not for the uh, Truba elbow to Raquel and Crosby's head, the Penguins would be playing Tampa right now. I don't know if I I don't know if I buy that. I think the the Rangers for sure had no answer for Crosby's line. So I think def, did, did that have an impact on the series? Probably do the penguins coast through the next round. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. and then, uh, Ricky's saying here, you know, with Latang, obviously is skating still there. You're just betting that, you know, obviously betting him not to lose that step, because I think obviously if Latang skating did drop off, I think that would be, uh, a little bit problematic for him. And that's obviously when, as the, the, the age gets closer to 40, those are the kind of things you start worrying about. Um, and then I want to go to Luke Johnson here. Cause it kind of segues nicely into um, some of my, uh, some of, some of, you know, where I kind of want to go next with this, obviously, Luke Johnson from the Minnesota Wilds watching our show. That's awesome. Uh, he's saying, I live with a Pens fan. He's down for the rebuild. He saw 
what I went through with the Sharks the last few years, and he does not want that. Well, if you rebuild that kind of where you go. Um, and then uh, he just finished up saying, like, obviously he wants a rebound. He thinks they should let Melkin and Latango unless it's for a team-friendly deal. Um, and here's the thing, right? Obviously, it's, it's hockey. Results matter, um, as we all know. And this is a team that um, hasn't seen the second round in five years. Uh, they lost in the, they lost, they got swept by the Islanders in 1819. Uh, they got, they got beaten by the Montreal Canadians in the qualifying round of the bubble in 2019-20. Um, they got bounced 2-4 again by the Islanders in 2021. Uh, and then obviously this year lost in seven to the Rangers. Now, regular season output for the most of those has been pretty good. Like they're still they're still competitive but obviously in the playoffs like and this group credit to them i mean these the guys we're talking about they're all they're all multi-time cup champions but results matter i mean how much do you think their results in the playoffs like because obviously like we're we've all said kind of run it back right but is it really does it make sense to run it back kind of the way things have gone like i don't i look at this team and i don't feel like oh they're just you know they're gonna be like there's no i don't think there's a tampa bay lightning run coming from them i i think it makes sense to run it back only because i mean it, this is the easy answer so i'll say it first and then say something else but you have Sidney crosby for three more years yeah like the type of player crosby is two like more. Yeah, yeah, if you yeah, three more yeah yeah, if you really want to get wild and do the rebuild, you trade Crosby, which that's like to me that's galaxy brain stuff. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> but so I I think based on that and and you look like you you have Jake Gensel, granted Gensel's only 27, but you've got him for 2 years. You just signed Brian Rust to 6 years. Mm-hmm. You just signed Jeff, thirty-seven-year-old Jeff Carter just signed an extension. I know, right? Like yeah. they, the the Penguins have put the pieces in place to run it back. Now, all that said, I I think they my my personal favorite in terms of building a team, and you know the Chicago Blackhawks were really famous for this when they won their cups, uh, was identifying your core group of guys, whether that's three, four, five, six, seven guys. And then every year, every two years, kind of rebuild, in air quotes, rebuild the bottom six, rebuild the bottom pair, rebuild the middle pair, your backup Mm -hmm. goalie. And I wonder, like, I think that's kind of what Pittsburgh needs to do. Like, they have their horses at forward. You know, Crosby, Gensel, Rust, Carter. Like, those are their big guys at forward. I, I, I said it, I'll say it again, you know, Jason Zucker, to me, he's the one that's got to yeah. go. And so maybe you – and honestly, I don't think many Penguins fans would be too upset if Kasperi Kapanen went either. I mean, Pittsburgh gave up 15th overall for him uh, two years ago, and the best he's been able to do is 32 points, and that was right. this year. I, You know, I wonder if Kasperi Kapanen needs to go, and they've – They've done a good job, obviously. They identified Gensel, and they've put him in a position to succeed. Same as Rust. I feel like they kind of need one more player similar to that. And to because this is tilting glasses, and how does this affect the Sharks? <laughs> right. Right? Somebody 
somebody similar to an Alexander Barabanov, where not a lot of people are talking about him, and so you kind of you pluck him from seemingly out of nowhere and put them in a position to make it work. And 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 you could make the argument that that's what they did with Rust. I mean, Rust was a call up when Pittsburgh beat San Jose in 2016. Gensel was a call up when they beat Nashville in 2017. So I think it's we've seen over these last five years, as you mentioned, Ian, the the uh, the guys who are at level before the core, they're not getting it done. I would say they need, you know, at least five brand new forwards for this team. And kind of like Kevin mentioned earlier, I think Marino is solid. I think Dumoulin is solid. Obviously, you bring Latang back, but Mike Matheson, you take him or leave him. Same with Marcus Pedersen. And I think that's going to be a thing as well. You kind of the bottom six, the maybe the bottom pair, maybe the bottom two pairs. And then you have to decide, okay, is Jari our guy? Are they bringing back Casey the Smith? Are they going to bring back spicy pork? I don't know, but you know, it, there's a lot of questions that they need to figure out, but it's all in terms of sort of that, that second level, you know, the support guys. And, and and just to, just before, give me one second, Kevin, I just want in the chat, like, I just want to address the chat here for a second because obviously it's like, well, obviously they won two cups. Like you win back to back cups, you're allowed to. And I, and I, I, I'm, I'm agreeing. I'm not saying like that. I am saying, well, no, they have to get back into. But I mean, obviously, like for the topic, of, like for at hand, it's like, how do you get this team back into that Stanley Cup final? How do you get that team back to winning Stanley Cups? Because I think, <laughs> like, winning cups is great, man. But you know, it's better than winning cups. Winning more cups, and. It, it, yeah. I was gonna. I was gonna say, you know, back-to-back cups is cool, but how cool would a third cup in the in the last six years be? Yeah, uh, Ricky, I'll get that question at the end of the show. Um, yeah, so go ahead, Kevin, because I cut you off. Yeah, where was? Oh, uh, if I'll I'll put a shark spin on it. I'm talking about depth, guys. You know, Jason Zucker right now. It, uh, been a bit injury prone here the last mm-hmm. year and a half and his production has significantly suffered because of that if Kevin LeBanc made a million dollars less than what he does I wonder if the Penguins would come snipping around him uh, I'll do you one better I think at his current contract the Penguins would sniff around that alright there you go <laughs> I, I mean that's that's really that's a really smart idea, Kevin. I like that. Yeah, yeah, but that's where I was going with that. Um, backup goalie, real quick, because you mentioned Casey DeSmith. I'm curious to see what happens there. Casey DeSmith had a fantastic year as the backup goalie behind uh, Tristan Jari, and then uh, got hit hurt at the absolute worst time. But as did everyone else on yeah. Pittsburgh, for that matter, not named Jason Zucker. Um, but I'm curious to see a bunch of these penguins. It's kind of, I guess, my final thought on the penguins here. Um, a bunch of these penguins are in a good situation where they're at. Danton Heinen, Evan Rodriguez, Casey DeSmith, and Heinen's an RFA. Um, I don't know about Ricard Raquel just because Raquel was there for a cup of coffee. But you've got these these so-called lesser guys, the depth guys who are bringing in Big time value for the team. Wouldn't you, if you're one of those guys having a career year, want to keep that culture, keep that prosperity going and uh, try and, you know, 
I know sometimes, like I said with Malkin, you you get greedy. Mm -hmm. And I always bring up Martin Lapointe as one of the biggest free agency busts of all time because he decided I'd rather get paid in Boston than win in Detroit. And his career never was the same after that. So if, if I was a Pittsburgh Penguin, I would like to stick around, especially, especially those type of depth guys. And cause I don't, I don't think they get replaced after just a year here. Let me ask you a question. So if the, if the penguins, if they can, and I, and I, when you say you're talking about Jason Zucker being hurt, I, you know, obviously that is going to factor into the dip in offense. And I like Jason Zucker. I think he's a good player, but, too. but you know, I, I think when you are in that position of trying to win a cup and I know the golden Knights brass has gotten a lot of flack for it, but when you are in that position, you do need to be proactive and aggressive and trying to make tweaks that could potentially make you better. Sure. And so, so my question is if the penguins can find a way to, to, I I don't want to say get rid of, but if they can find a way to move on from Jason Zucker and maybe free up that money. Yeah. Do you think that somebody like Ricard Raquel, who, if you do a little bit of a dive into the numbers, the, the 19 games in the regular season that Raquel played for Pittsburgh, that was from a statistical output, the best hockey that he's played since 2018. Yeah. And do you think, do you think it would make sense if they can find a way to move on from Jason Zucker to just in the theme of running it back, just say, Hey, Raquel, we really like to hear. Why don't you they stay gave a lot up Absolutely. to get Raquel too. Um, they had two, really, yeah. they had that's, two that, really good goalie why. prospects and they sent one of them to Anaheim in that trade. And I've always been a fan of Raquel, and I feel like similar to Zucker, Kevin, I think he's been beat up a lot by the injuries the last couple of years. But I've, you know, I've always thought that he's a guy, you know, he played with Getzlaff, he played with Henrique, and then obviously in Pittsburgh, you know, he spent a lot of time uh, with Evgeny Malkin. So obviously he can play uh, with elite players. But I just, I wonder somebody like that who can play with an elite center and can be flexible left wing, right wing, even played some center early in his career. You know, I wonder if somebody who's flexible like that and, and adaptive would, would be a really good fit for a team, a penguins team trying to run it back. If you're the penguins, you have to use Jake Gensel and Brian rust as the example, because Mm -hmm. obviously they're doing great things for the penguins and have for a long time. But at the same time, can either of you, look in the mirror and say Jake Gensel and Brian Rust are going to put up the same kind of production on other teams. Cause I would not be able to, to, to say that Fair um, point. Jake Gensel had 40 goals this season. I could see him as a 30 goal scorer on the, the, another team, but that's still a 10 goal draw. Yeah. That's pretty significant. So to me, you look at Ricard Raquel and say, you're in this, a similar vein as a Jake Gensel and a Brian Rust. Look what kind of production you can put up with the guys that we have on this roster. Please stay. Um, so I and and I think Raquel would like that because Ricard Raquel obviously has been on or was on a struggling Ducks team for a number of years now, and now that he's in a winning culture again, which is what you know every player strives to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, why would you leave? It's a, that's that's. My bottom line about the whole thing is why why would you leave? Um, do you, I have one more thought, but do you guys want to touch up on that? I think 
ultimately this is going to come down to what does 87 want right mm-hmm. like, <laughs> like yeah, ultimately like <laughs> i feel like crosby's gonna be the one that decides the like i i, I can't see hextall just being like nah no you know what sydney just shut up i got this like i, I feel like crosby's probably gonna have a lot of say on what's left and look at crosby crosby what 34 now i mean he's you know he's got less miles in front of him than he has behind him as well or less behind you know what i mean yeah less in front of him more behind him terrible analogy um but anyway so i feel like obviously i think they're gonna have a say there and you know what and the more i think about this i'm i i am on team run it back because again i'm not a huge tristan jari guy but tristan jari probably makes a difference in that series that they were in like oh, yeah. just for that reason alone, yeah. just some of the injuries that they had at the worst possible time. I feel like you run it back. I think my concern would be that at some point you have to start looking forward. Cause I'm just going to finish up the, the whole picture at this point. That's where I was going to go with okay. my last point. Yeah. Um. So obviously I told you what they have for picks. I mean, they still have a pretty decent selection of draft picks, no second, no third, but I mean, Again, it's fine. Um, entering 2022, Scott Wheeler usually ranks uh, on the athletic, usually ranks all the prospect pools. Now, obviously, this is one dude's opinion, so you can yell at me and say, no, that's garbage, whatever. It's just, it, it was the most easily accessible thing that I found. Um, and this is a team, again, one person's opinion with the 29th ranked prospect pool in the NHL. Now, again, when you win two cups and you're trying to keep the party going, this is what happens but you know as you guys mentioned earlier they've been able to backfill with guys in the system and they've got some prospects man like they've i I was going through their prospects i think the prospects that i um that i think could definitely make a difference one as soon as next year i think sam pooling could come in next year and be unreal for them on the cheap and then they have um joel blomquist over in carpat uh, in the Liga, and this dude, this dude, oh my goodness, the season he had. <laughs> so he plays 20 games, has a goals against average of 132, and a save percentage of 940, but it gets better. They go into the playoffs, first round. First game, they're getting shelled by, uh, what is the, the Temper, what is, Kevin, help me here. What's the city's name? It's I-L-V-E-S. So Temper is the city, Tapera is oh, okay. the team. So they they get they're getting shelled. Uh, so in game one, he goes in relief of Stanislav Gilimov, who and he only allows one goal. The rest of the series goes seven games, um, which were all decided by one goal. A couple overtime games, including I believe game seven. Um, they did lose the series, but his numbers for this seven game run: a one point one zero goals against average and a nine fifty save percentage. So, like goaltending they're gonna be set it's just an issue of you know getting them obviously i think over to north america getting them playing on wilkes bear uh and, and going from there um even his you know even his one appearance in wilkes yeah. bear you know i mean it, it, it was a loss but again you know a, a, an impressive showing a 926 save percentage i mean the way you know the way i've always tried to grade goalies is is okay how many leagues have you played in and have you played well in every single league and so far that's kind of what 
what you've seen uh, with a Joel Blomquist. And so I, you know, he's obviously not signed right now, but I do wonder if you are uncertain, if you're the Penguins, you're not, you know, I think DeSmith is gone. I don't think they're bringing back Louis Domingue as much as it would be awesome for the memes. Mm -hmm. Like, then you kind of have to ask yourself, okay, Tristan Jari, are we going to, next year as a 28-year-old, are we going to sign him to a six-year deal? And, I mean, I would be extremely cautious about doing that. And I think Tristan, like, I'm not a big Tristan Jari guy, but his numbers aren't terrible. Yeah. He's decent. No, yeah. He's he's an NHL goalie. (laughs) which you'd be surprised but there are a lot of guys who have the job that can't do it (laughs) oh we know i think with (laughs) i think one thing that the penguins do have um going for them is yes they do have the 29th ranked prospect pool but if they do end up losing a couple of the depth guys that i mentioned due to free agency they at least have a couple of players who could fill in plus of course free agency is usually littered with those mm. types of players anyway but i completely forgot that alex nylander was uh was in the pittsburgh organization now yeah i forgot that was a thing so i mean he's got nhl experience you could call him up Valtteri pustinen who is a pretty small forward by nhl standards so he he looks to be the next one to jump up though um and i know him and philip hollander had a cup of coffee with the team i think you're dead on with sam poulin that's kind of the the player the penguins are relying on to take a step forward as well as on the back end pierre olivier joseph so the penguins don't have a lot to offer but they have enough that they can bring up from the minors and help them continue on their path to try and, and get uh, another cup run. And they've always, so. they've, they've always seen the draft well. So I feel like even if they're picking later on, I just, I don't know. I think if I'm the penguins, like I think I'm, you're going for it, but I don't know how much draft capital I'm spending going forward. So, that's, I think when you consider, as you said, Ian, you know, you two cups is awesome, but how much would you mm. like three cups? I and you, you've seen picks thrown overboard, left, right, and center. I mean, you know, like I said, they gave up fifteenth overall for Casperi Capitan, yep. and they they gave up a first round pick for Derek Brassard, which blew yeah. up on them. And you know, there there's a lot of draft picks have been shown the door. Uh, in in this time that they've tried to remain competitive. And so I do agree. I think similar to, you know, you can argue whether or not the Sharks are doing this, but the Sharks are claiming to want to be competitive while not really spending a lot of draft capital mm-hmm. on trading. And I wonder if, if that's where the mindset shifts, where, you know, we're only going to make a deal if it makes sense. And I think going back to the Ricard Raquel, obviously they gave up a second round pick among other things. I wonder if that is a situation where it does make sense, where they know they don't have a lot of picks. I mean, Brian Burke went on the radio and said, we don't have picks and then traded <laughs> one. But I, I look at that and I say, okay, I don't know that the, he would have traded a pick unless he felt pretty good that he could keep them. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. But uh, again, in the theme, this is tilted and glasses in the theme of, how does this affect the Sharks in the theme of here's your regularly scheduled nightmare? Um, I don't know if you guys recall this at all, but I've I've done a lot of like 
we'll, we'll, we'll call it bitching and moaning on Twitter uh, about, <laughs> you know, about you mad online. How I, <laughs> yes, uh, about how I could see the Sharks not send a QO to Jonathan Dolan. Oh, yeah. And and so now I'm thinking, imagine a player like Jonathan Dolan goes to Pittsburgh. You put him with Malkin. What kind of nightmare fuel would that be? That would be, but that's the ty- the type of player the Penguins are probably looking for. So right, right, somebody who, it, like I said, with Barabanov earlier, not on the radar. Not to jump around, but yeah. would you guys would you guys qualify both Kapanen and and Heinen, or would you play roulette there a little bit since they both have arbitration rights? Wow, Heinen, I think I would. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm curious. to. I don't see him, even though he does have the Arbor rights, I don't see him asking for a ton more than what he's got because he's hasn't proven it over his career up until this year. Kapanen, I love Kasperi Kapanen, but I would absolutely let him walk. Yeah, I, I'm I'm the same way. I think with Heinen, he's his career high was mm-hmm. his rookie year, and he hasn't gotten he hasn't gotten back to that. He he did get close this year. He was about 14 points off this year. But I'm with Kevin. I think you you roll the dice on a Dan Heinen in sending him the QO. I don't think the arbitration would be too too problematic for them with Kapanen. I think now. I think it would be a mistake for Brian Burke to just not tender him the QO and walk away. That yeah. said, I could see Brian Burke and Ron Hextall do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think um, I, I think we're going to see it a I, lot this I, summer of guys not getting QOs. I, yeah, I think we saw it more in 2020 with the uncertainty of the pandemic, where obviously right. there's some uncertainty now, but I think I think things are a bit clearer. You know, there is a there is a tentative plan for the salary cap, and I I think teams might be a bit less excited about letting RFAs go. But with Casper Kapanen, as I said, they they gave up 15th overall for him, and the best he did was 32 points. And I think I don't know. I do agree with Kevin. I think you move on from him. I don't know if you let him walk. You know, maybe that's a maybe that's a situation you just you trade him and see what you can get. Maybe you trade him for another RFA winger who has kind of struggled to meet expectations. Right. Yeah. Maybe yeah, you exactly. trade him for. I don't know. I mean, there's a <laughs> that's the thing. There's I, I I feel as though there is a guy uh, every I feel like every team in the league has a guy that's on another team that would be like the perfect fit for them, you know? Sure. And sure. I see Pittsburgh the way that they operate, even with the GM change, I I don't see them quitting until they're dead. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I, they're gonna keep going for it until until Cros- until Crosby and the company say that's it. If if Raquel doesn't re-sign, I wonder if the Penguins entertain the thought of packaging Kapanen with a first to get a guy that uh, is more suitable for them. Kevin um, but running into the danger of trading your draft picks. And this kind of goes back to what Luke Johnson mentioned in the, in the chat mm-hmm. earlier. And Rob Iman is talking about in the chat about how the window is still closing for Pittsburgh, despite the fact that they're still poised to contend here in the, the short term. But look at the sharks, the sharks pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. And eventually the wheels do lock up mm-hmm. and, with Pittsburgh, 
29th ranked prospect pool, have some guys in the short term who can be call up, but really no term, long term aspirations. You run into a scary, a scary territory when you keep trading your draft picks like Pittsburgh needs to try and retain some of some of these picks rather than than just, you know, and, and hope that they luck out in free agency, I think, more than anything. Um, or or make uh, quality trades yeah, because bleak otherwise, Pit- yeah, yeah. But S- Pittsburgh is going to be in a real rough situation four or five years down the line if they have nothing to show for it and have no picks coming in at that I point. I think we, we've spent a lot of time talking about how you know, the backfill method seems to be the best method for the Pittsburgh Penguins going forward. And Raquel obviously being the number one contender uh, for that spot. But I wonder, you know, Kevin, you said, what if you do Casper Kapanen in a, a draft pick, whether that's a first or something else? Obviously, yeah. I think it would start with the first. But, you know, yeah. there is there as 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 sexy as the backfill option is for for Pittsburgh because it's worked for them. I, I sort of I look over at uh I look over at the Minnesota Wild and there's there's an unsigned Kevin Fiala who I started to say that <laughs> who Minnesota probably won't be able to afford and I I think it, I think Minnesota would love a first round pick who wouldn't but I think Minnesota f- would feel better about signing Casper Kapanen than they would Kevin Fiala okay yeah but then how's Pittsburgh gonna be able to sign Kevin Fiala that's well, that's the thing. You a lot of the for Pittsburgh, the way they the way they're built and what they need to do. A lot of these moves have to be yeah. done in tandem. Yeah. All right. So, um, I think we've all I think we've kind of figured everything out. So I'm going to go around final verdict. I think I think we all agree. I think the final verdict is is run it back. Run it back. Um, I think for me, I think what I would do though is I think the second this thing looks like it's even going off the rails a little bit because again like i said if you look at the like the playoff results aren't there but this has still been you know like in full seasons like this has been a this has still been a 100 point team i think if that Mm -hmm. significantly drops off then i think it's probably you hit the emergency break and you start tossing everything that's not gonna float overboard i like that ian i think that it's kind of the best situation for the best case situation for the Penguins. Either they are just as good as they were this year or better, or they completely fall off and then they start moving out assets because this team doesn't have the, the long-term future to afford any gray area. No, right it's, now. it's winner. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's winner. I, I don't, I don't like win at all costs. Cause I don't think that this team should be, I don't, I mean, unless it's like the perfect trade, like I, I don't think they should just be willy nilly just throwing away draft capital for rentals at this point. Right. Right. Like, I feel like you have to kind right. of, I feel like this is a team that has to be good enough to get there with the girl you brought. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the way I look at this team. Uh, Dirk, any final, any final verdicts on this? Uh... No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think, I think you run it back and I, and I think, uh, you you hear run it back and you think okay it's the same exact team you know we're just trying again and hopefully we get a better roll of the dice but I I think it's a 
at least when I say run it back, I'm thinking kind of like what I said earlier, you know, with that established right. core, those guys who are signed up, you know, you, you, you're, Crosby, you're bringing back Gensel, Crosby, you're bringing Rust, back Malkin, you're bringing back Latang, Jeff Carter, Malkin, that kind of thing, which Jeff Carter, part of the established mm-hmm. core, I mean, largely based on his contract, but he played well for them. And, you know, and then you kind of rebuild around the edges, you know, whether, and we talked about a lot of good options too, yeah. whether you, you bring in a Raquel, you, throw Kappen in overboard, you go after Kevin Fiala, you go after Kevin LeBanc, you go after Kevin Lacey, you go after any Kevin in the league. And, you know, I, I, I think if there's one thing, and I'm willing to put my stamp on this, if there's one thing, I think the Penguins will acquire somebody named Kevin this summer. We'll see. But uh, I, I'm team run it back like you are, but I there's still a lot of be work to uh, a lot of work to be done. And it has to happen in tandem and they don't need to be aggressive and throw away picks, but they definitely need to be proactive. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if uh, I don't know if the Penguins are going to be uh, paying uh, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars for a thirty-eight year old uh, <laughs> defenseman. Although I am a right shot, so I mean, got that could, going for me. I mean, Kevin Lacey, Mike Matheson. I think I would take you. Um, wow all right that's high <laughs> praise i'll take that we'll just give you his cap hit and we'll call it a day i'm gonna put that on my twitter <laughs> <laughs> um what i was also laughing about was ricky in the chat said trade everyone for 2020 talking about the sharks trade everyone for 2023 first and i was thinking going to what i said earlier um maybe the sharks can get a first for Kevin LeBanc, and then you hope Pittsburgh completely falls off the rails, and that becomes a first overall pick. So. <laughs> there you go. That's the dream. Um, Ricky had another question in the chat, too, before we get out of here. Um, and I feel like I know the answer to this, but it's, uh, hey, guys, can you answer a question for me? If Gannon goes back to the junior, uh, does his contract count towards the 50 contract limit? I don't think it does while he's on his junior team, but am I wrong? Mm. No, no, you're it won't correct. Count. See, look at this. I, I sometimes I remember things. My memory is not what it used to be, but uh, sometimes I do remember things. Um, obviously, I want to thank everyone who. Oh, go ahead. I sorry. think really no. I just and we don't need to get into it, but just worth mentioning. You know, I thought you know there were a couple guys that guys we didn't even talk about that I thought were mentioned in the chat as well. You know, cop mm-hmm. cop in Pittsburgh. I know Ke- I know Kevin sees him resigning with the I Rangers. Think be stupid um, to let him love go. out of Andrew. Yeah, they would be stupid. I agree. Uh, Max Domi could be a penguin. Riley Smith, which I think Riley Smith is going to end up back in Vegas, but I could see Riley Smith be a Pittsburgh Penguin as well. I thought those sure. were some good. Me- I thought those were some good mentions. Yeah, yeah, some good, got. some good mentions for sure. Um, yeah, and the Gannon Larock thing is that yeah, I mean because of his age and everything, slide over to the to the next year. Um, so he definitely would not count. The only way he counts towards the 50 contract limit is if he plays on the Sharks. Right. This next season. And I don't see that happening. Um, (laughs) And I I like the pick. Like, I was really sour on the pick when it first happened, but I've really come around on it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, this is it for for tonight's show. I want to thank everyone who obviously joined us in the chat and uh, obviously good input um if you have any feedback for us um definitely leave in the comments or you know tweet at us or whatever uh if you want to tweet at me i am at ian blogs hockey 
at Kevin Lacey 22 at hockey underscore jerk. Let us know how we did. Let us know how, what you think about the format of the show, any tweaks that you would make. Um, we definitely love all that kind of feedback and uh, we hope to be back uh, sooner than later. We haven't set a date yet, but it'll probably be sooner than later. So um, yeah, man, I mean, I hope everyone enjoyed any final thoughts, gentlemen. Final thoughts for me. I'm at Kevin Lacey 22. I'm so happy to be on the show. I was not able to uh, make most of the Deal Town USA shows this year. So I'm happy to be on with both of you. Jerk. <laughs> and uh, but uh, my final thoughts are winning breeds winning. And let's look at the teams that were eliminated from the Stanley cup playoffs in the last round. We're talking about the flames, uh, the hurricanes, uh, the Panthers in particular, all three of those organizations are still alive in the conference finals in the Calder cup playoffs, the AHL playoffs. Uh, the one team that was eliminated, uh, is the, uh, in the in the second round, actually, that was the Panthers. Um, boy, I'm slipping on the other. Oh, stuck. Uh, uh, oh my God, the Blues, the Blues. <laughs> so the the Flames, the Blues, and the Hurricanes. The Panthers, their AHL club was eliminated in the second round as well. But the point of this is, I mentioned earlier the Penguins, how they have a couple of guys that they could bring up to slide onto the NHL roster next season. Let's look at. The three teams I mentioned, Flames, Blues, and Hurricanes. Still alive in the Calder Cup playoffs. Maybe next year they bring up a player or two who's currently winning, still playing and winning, uh, up to the NHL team, and that gets them over the hump. Obviously, it only will work out for one of those teams, or maybe none, <laughs> but still, um, I'm hoping the Sharks will get on that track. It seems like that's what they're looking for with their next GM is creating a winning culture in the farm system before you create a winning culture in the NHL. And, and uh, I'm I'm fully behind that and uh, hope to see it here very, very soon. So thanks for having me, guys. Did you go, Jerk? Are you good? <laughs> no. Uh, the, no, I'll, all I'm saying is I think... I've always been very fascinated with the way Pittsburgh has been built kind of ever since um, ever since Jim Rutherford got in there and, you know, put his fingerprints all over things. And obviously now with Ron Hextall, with Brian Burke as well, just the way they've been able to get the most out of a lot of guys while also keeping around, you know, that same core three guys of Crosby, Malkin, Latang, And, you know, I'm going to be interested. I don't, you know. I know we all like to think we're experts, but obviously, you know, if we were legitimate experts, we would have GM jobs throughout the league. But, you know, the, but the things that we talked about, the ideas we had, I I don't know. I I feel like those were really good ideas. Like, I think any of them are I could like look at and legitimately think, yeah, I could totally see Pittsburgh doing that just because of the way they build their team. And so I do wonder kind of the theme that we said a lot we were talking about is, you know, what's next or where do they go from here? And and I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Pittsburgh just because it's it's kind of a, you know, the, the top core is established and the supporting guys. It's always a bit of a mixed bag, revolving door. And I think it's an interesting dynamic. I'm see where it, I'm interested to see where it goes after, you know, five first round exits. Yeah. 
no absolutely i think this is really fun um you know i was a little nervous because like obviously like we always tried to like cram as like you know when we, we did when we did shows last summer like we always tried to cram like a lot of different stuff in like we wanted to have like the the sharks hook and so you know we, we kind of had a little fun today but I, I thought this went really well so i'm i'm really really happy with how this show went i hope everyone agrees and like i said we look forward to your feedback on it um if you oh oh absolutely Yes. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So obviously, if you've missed us, um, I don't know if you've missed us and you're not hearing this message, but in the off chance you are, don't forget, like, subscribe, hit the bell to find out when we will be on the YouTube channel. Um, that way, you know, when we're going live. Um, you can also find us uh, wherever you get your podcast from in audio format. So that's SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, whatever. Um, all that wonderful stuff. Um, and um, yeah, so obviously we look forward to uh, seeing you guys on the next show. And um, yeah, we will do this again. Thanks for watching. And- <laughs>